not Pastor Revan's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you today for your word. I thank you for your people. And I pray that our hearts are receptive, our minds are open. And Father, we will leave this place with intentions to obey and expect the promises from our obedience. And so, Lord, I decrease now so the anointing that's already here will saturate every heart. I back up so that you can move forward. I decrease so you can increase. And I thank you for every word that comes out of my mouth will be anointed for every ear to hear in Jesus' name. And everybody say, Amen. Amen and Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to start my lesson off this morning with a testimony that I've received, and I've had so many of them over the last several weeks. But this person says their name. It says, I spoke to you after service last Sunday. My family and I are new members at Word of Truth Family Church. We joined last month. And I just wanted you to, to know that your teaching is great and inspirational. My family and I started tithing about two weeks ago, and things have really changed. I started a business about 10 months ago, and it really hadn't take off, taken off like I expected. About a week ago, I received a contract that brought in 17500 to my business. I mean God's business. And all because of the principles of tithing, offering, and obeying. They go on to say, I feel the obeying part. I had left out the principle before. And I just wanted you to know, to be encouraged that you are a blessing and you're being heard and that God is blessing those who will listen. So I want to give the Lord a hand clap for that, that testimony. Amen. We're still on the topic of how to get out of a financial hole. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you in a financial hole? Now look at him again and say, I told you last week, that's none of your business. And the main reason I'm dealing with such a matter is because as a natural father would be concerned with the well-being of his children, so am I as a pastor and spiritual leader of our church concerned with the financial well-being of our members. Can somebody say he loves us? And I have a son in the faith who uh, I raised up out of our church and who has started a church as well. And he's also teaching along this line in the, at his church. And uh, he was con contemplating ending the series. And so he, he talked to me about it. And so I asked him, I asked him a simple question. I said, have you seen any changes financially in your church since you've started this series? And he said, no. And so I said, well, here's what my response was this. Would you stop teaching your children their ABCs if they didn't know it? 
And he said, no, I wouldn't. I said, then it's obvious that your congregation has not gotten the message or things would change in their lives and in the church. Can somebody say amen to that? Now, I am glad to say that we're seeing changes uh, going on in the life of many of your lives and changes in the financial life of our church. Can somebody say amen to that? And so, of course, we've been getting testimonies and that sort of thing. But I believe the truest form of you really getting God's word is when you obey what he says. Now, I have a question that's really personal, but I want everybody to participate. Uh, We're going to be honest in church for the first time. Amen. Here's the question. How many of you individually, not married, but individually make more than $20,000 per year? If you do, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Come on, raise it high. Don't be scared. All right. All right, see all the hands. Look at them. Keep, keep, keep them up high. Now look around you. Look around you. Now that's the majority of the room, right? That's about 95% of the room. Well, many of you here individually make more than 20000 You just said it. But our stats and our statistics show that the average tithe given by each adult at our church shows that they only make $20,000 a year. So if you make more than twenty, then the tithe from each person should be more than $1,991, and that's what it came to. And the average household income in Arlington is $50,000 per house, which is still $25,000 per person. Amen? So guess what? We still have some work to do. Now, some of you all are still sitting here because there are some people, uh, even though our percent is raising up, we still have about 70% of people who haven't gotten the message yet. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you part of the 70%? Now, look at them again and say, if you are in 70 next week, I don't know what I'm going to do with you. (laughs) Amen. Now I want you to turn your Bibles quickly uh, to three verses of Scripture. I want you to find Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Then I want you to find 2 Kings chapter 6. And then we're going to move to 2 Kings chapter 7. That was Proverbs 18, 21. That was 2 Kings chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 24. And then 2 Kings chapter 7. Uh, One of the things that has really uh, pushed me to keep teaching this is I have met with several, that's three words, several couples uh, throughout the whole year or so. And uh, many of these couples make over $100,000 a year, but in about 75 to 80% of these cases that I have met with, most of them had only given $100 in a whole year to the church. Look at your neighbor and just shake your head. Just shake your head. So today I'm going to continue, and here's my topic today, how to get out of a financial hole, and we're talking about part three. And so far we've learned four principles. I'm going to, well, five principles. I'm going to tell you what they are real quick. The first principle was to stop digging. The second principle was to change financial gods. The third principle was to become thankful for what we have so that God can multiply what we do have. The fourth principle was that we must change the way we think on how we view money. And then finally, number five was that we must pass a financial test in order for us to be trusted for the next financial level in our life. And so now the sixth principle 
is this, and I want you to write it down. The sixth principle to getting out of a financial hole is that you must fill a financial hole with faith-filled financial words. You must fill a financial hole with, watch this, faith-filled financial words. Now, even though I have two principles that I wanted to cover this morning, it's obvious and I'm not going to get to both of them. But hopefully I can hammer this principle down because most of us don't understand the power of our words. And I'm going to show you through scripture today that you can take something that you already possess. Because many of us are looking for our needs to be met on the outside when our needs can start being met from the inside. And I'm going to show you that you can use your mouth to start getting you out of a financial hole. Can somebody say, I need to get out of the hole? Now, in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, it says, death and life is in the power of the what? Tongue. And they that love death or life shall eat the fruit of death or life. So if you are speaking negative about your money, guess what? You are digging a financial hole. If you're saying nothing about your money, you are still not digging a hole, but you're staying where you are. So you must speak faith-filled financial words over your life. Now, we have hole-filling power located right in our mouth. Now go to go to Second Kings quickly. Go to Second Kings. Uh, I thought this was very very powerful. I'm going to show you somebody who got out of a financial hole with the words of their mouth. Second Kings chapter six. If you there, say I'm there. And if not, you can watch on the screen. Second Kings chapter six. I'm going to start in verse 24, and then I'm going to jump to Second Kings chapter seven. Okay. In verse 24, it just kind of gives us the context. This. Uh, city was in a famine. It says, and it came to pass after this that Benadad, king of Syria, gathered all of his hosts and went up and besieged Samaria. And there was a what class? It wasn't just a famine. There was a great famine in the land. There was a great famine in Samaria. Now, if you would just jump down now to verse 28 or verse 27. Uh, uh, there was a lady who came to the king and verse 27 it says he said uh, she said I need your help and he says well if the Lord don't do not help you how can I help you and then verse 28 the king said to her well what's ailing you what's your problem and she said well I said to one woman give your son that we may eat him today and we will eat my son tomorrow so we boiled my son and we did eat him. Everybody say, that's a bad time. That's a bad time. And then it goes on to say, and she said, on the next day though, when it was time for the other lady to give her son up, the other lady wouldn't give her son. She hid her son. But I wanted you to see that the environment, the economic times in that city and in that country was so bad that they didn't have enough food that they were trying to eat each other's children. Everybody say, that's a bad time. Now, let me show you what happened now. Uh, look in verse 30. 
And it came to pass when the king heard the words of the woman, he tore his clothes, he passed upon the wall, and the people looked. And behold, he had on sackcloth with the, upon his flesh. Then he says, God, God, do so more also to me if the head of Elijah, the son of Shepat, shall stand on on him this day. In other words, see, Elijah was prophesying some things. And so what happened now in verse, in verse, uh, I'm going to start in verse 1 of chapter 7 now. Then Elijah says, here's the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, tomorrow. Everybody say tomorrow. tomorrow. See, because it don't take long for God to fix something. He said, tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. And watch this. Listen, those prices were so low. Listen, they were in a famine. He said, it's impossible for us to be able to buy something for that price. And then it goes on to say in verse 2, Then a Lord of whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he says, Behold, you will see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat thereof. Now, if you'll drop down now in verse uh, 14, go to verse 14. It says now, uh, if you just read, it was some, some lepers who went upon this army and they ended up with a lot of stuff. And then verse 16 says this, And the people went out and spoiled the tents of the Syrians. So a measure of fine flour was sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel. Watch this. Read it with me. According to the word of God. So listen. God's word spoken from a man of God changed his financial situation. And God has put his word not only on paper, but he's put his word in your heart. And all you have to do is say it. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Amen. And so what we have to realize, uh, go to to Mark chapter 11 now. Go to Mark chapter 11. I'm going to skip a couple of verses so I can get, get this in here. Go to Mark chapter 11. You know... Our worlds have been framed by the word of God. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3, you can just write it down. It says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the things that are seen were not made of things which do appear. In other words, you can take God's word and begin to say it out of your mouth. And the things that you don't see, you will begin to see. You and I have the ability to frame our financial world just by opening up our mouth and declaring what God has already said. Now look at Mark chapter 11. This is going to be good right here because I'm going to show you something. He says in verse 23, For verily I say unto you, now this is Jesus talking, that, what's the next word? Come on, class. Whosoever... That means anybody, even if a baby knows how to talk and do what he's about to say, they are whosoever. Now look at your neighbor and say, you are whosoever. He said that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he what? Said shall come to pass. Read it with me. He shall have whatsoever he said. Now watch this now. If God has given us the ability 
to speak to a mountain and remove it, then you should have the same ability to speak to a hole and fill it. Y'all didn't get what I said. If he said, in fact, just listen to Mark chapter 17, verse 20. It says, and Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, but verily I say unto you, if you have faith as grain of a mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. In other words, if you can speak to the mountain and move it, you should be able to speak to a financial hole and feel it. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you all have had a dog or have a dog? Let me see your hand. Now, did you have your dog trained enough that when you called them, they came? If you did, raise your hand. Now, now when you called the dog, did you expect the dog to come to you? If you did, raise your hand. Well, why is it that you can have dog come in faith, but you can't have mountain move in faith to say to the mountain? If you can say it to a dog and expect it, you should be able to say it to the situation and expect it to change. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, if you got dog faith, you should have God faith. Amen. Your mouth contains your miracle. See, one day you have to make a decision that I'm going to call those things that be not as though they were. Uh, I don't know if you all remember last year when uh, God had put on my heart to sow the biggest seed our church has ever sown to uh, our pastor's church. Remember that? It was $100,000. And so what I did is I had talked to him and I said, listen, well, I will, I'll give you 50 now. And then in February, they always have a conference in February for spouses so you can keep your marriage intact. I'll give the other 50 then. And so February rolled around and I didn't give the 50. I gave like 20 and I kept dragging my feet. We had the money, but I was just dragging my feet. And see, what you don't realize is Luke 60 or 38 says, the way you give it out is the way you're going to get it back. So finally, I paid, you know, the, the pledge in full. I paid it off. And when I paid it off, I repented to the Lord, which some of y'all need to do with how you've been handling your money. I said, Lord, forgive me for taking so long to pay what I already had. But I say, but I still need you to credit me for my obedience. And so two weeks ago, everybody say two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, I began to open my mouth up and declare. I said, Father, I thank you that whoever was delaying to give me something because I was delaying to give somebody else something, I declare that you begin to speak to their heart and bring to me because I've now completed my pledge. And that's what I've been saying. Lord, I thank you for loosening your heart, letting them go. And so last Sunday, now nobody knows I've been doing this. This is stuff I do on my own because I have to do what I teach. So I'm at home saying that. I'm in the bathroom saying that. Lord, I thank you that whoever was supposed to give me something, release them now to give it to me in Jesus' name. So last Sunday, someone walks up to me and they had this nice... Uh, Invicta 
box in their hand. And they came up and said, Pastor, I don't know if you remember, but I think it was January. You, you and I met in January. Uh, and We had a meeting and I had this watch on and uh, the Lord told me to give you this watch then. And he said, I didn't do it. I understood why he didn't do it. Because I didn't do it. And he says, while you were preaching, God spoke to me again and said, didn't I tell you to give him that watch? So while he was in church, I don't know if he texted his wife or called his wife. He said, I know I need you to go find this watch, go put it in the box and bring it to church. She said, what's going on? He said, I'll explain it to you later. And so after church, he brings me this watch and he doesn't know that I have prophesied him in my presence. I have, watch this, I've released him to obey because I have obeyed. Because you are only obligated to reap what you sow. You sow obedience, you shall reap obedience. And so I told him the story. I said, guess what, man? I've been calling people who's supposed to give me stuff. I said, Lord, who, whoever's been delaying, call them to give it to me. I said, guess what? You, whatever, now what you need to do is do what I'm doing. I said, call them in. Call them from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Thank you, Lord, for putting it on their heart to give it to me in Jesus' name. Amen. So, let me see how, many, how much time. I dig it, dog. Let me, let me show you something. Go, go to, go to uh, Mark chapter 5. Go to Mark chapter 5. Let me show you, let me show you somebody who uh, solved their physical dilemma along with their financial dilemma, with faith and faith-filled words. Because I want to show you, I want to convince you that you can get out of this hole with your words. Most people don't see that the woman with the issue of blood, she actually was able to solve her physical dilemma and her financial dilemma with faith and faith-filled words. In Mark chapter 5, look at verse 25. It says, And a certain woman which had an issue of blood, how many years? 12 years and suffered, watch this now, many things of many physicians. Watch this, read this part with me. And has spent, come on class, how much? Sounds like her sickness had her financially strapped. She spent all that she had and had not gotten better, but rather grew worse. But when she heard, because faith comes by hearing, that Jesus came, she pressed behind him, watch this now, and touched his garment, but watch what activated it. For she said, if I may touch his clothes, I will be made whole. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, your mouth contains your miracle. Listen, if you got saved with the words of your mouth, how much power do you think's inside of you? Go to Psalm 103 quickly. Psalm 103 quickly. Psalm 103, look in verse 20. Let me tell you something. Your words are so powerful, angels will obey what you say as long as it lines up with what God says. I'm going to say that again. Angels will obey what you say as long as what you say is what God says. Now, let me ask you a question. How many believe in angels? Listen, you better because demons out there. I mean, demons are real. 
Some of y'all living with them. I mean, come on. <laughs> Don't look next to them. Don't look. Just look straight ahead. <laughs> Angels will come to your rescue if you will speak God's word over your financial situation. In Psalm 103 verse 20 it says, Bless the Lord, you His angels that excel in strength. Watch this. And that do His commandments. And what else do they do? They hearken to the voice of His word. So what you have to do is begin to take God's word, put it in your mouth, and begin to speak it. Because guess what? They will obey what he says. Heaven and earth will change before God's word will lose its power. I'm going to read Isaiah 55 eight because I'm completely out of time. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Watch this now. For as the rain comes down and snow from heaven, and it does not return, but it waters the earth, and it makes it, it makes it, this rain makes it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the soil and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that comes forth out of my mouth. My word will not return to me void, but my word will accomplish that which I please. And my word shall prosper in the thing where I send it. When you put what he said in your mouth and you say it, it ain't you saying. It, it's him saying it. And you can fill a financial hole starting today by declaring what God has said in his word. See, this is why you can't afford not to tithe. Let me tell you something. God woke me up at 327. The reason I know the time because I looked at it. 327, he says, you know, he says some of the people are not tithing because it's a stronghold in their life. I have never heard of a stronghold of not being able to tithe. But some of that stronghold comes from heritage. In other words, the only reason you manage money the way you do is because you saw mom and them manage it the way they do. The reason why you look better than what you actually have is because they bought stuff they didn't need to look like they, what they didn't have. I mean, listen, to get out of a financial hole, why would you go on vacation with money you don't have? We saw them do it. I, we, we don't care what it, when, we come, when we come back, we don't care, we don't care what's going to happen when we come back. I just work about when I get back. Come on now. The only reason most of us manage the way we do is because it was passed down to us. And most of us were not taught to properly manage. Most of us weren't taught. And see, some of you all saw your parents tied, but what you didn't see is the other side of the tide. I'm out of time. I'm out of time. See, Go to Malachi. Go to Malachi real quick. Go to Malachi 3. Uh, I, I know, I know, I know. Go to Malachi chapter 3. Let me, let me show you something. See, uh, I'm going to answer the question why you can tithe and still things be tight or not right. Because, see, tithing alone 
is not what God said about the promise. You can't do half the promise or half the principle and get all the promise. It don't work like that. In Malachi chapter 3, watch what he says now in verse 8. He says, will a man rob God? He says, yet you have robbed me. But you say, how have we robbed you? Read it with me. Come on, say it loud, class. In tithe and Now I looked at that word offering, and that word offering means uh, something that was for the other person. Something that was donated, something that was given. So uh, here is the watch that person gave me last week. Uh, Put this on. Take yours off, put this on. Well, no, you have on one. Here you go. Put this on. Put it on. Put it on. Don't be scared. Put it on. And then after you put it on, I just want you to admire it. Just admire it. Just pretend that it's yours. Look at it. Yeah, there you go. Look at it. In fact, just raise your arm up like you're praising, every, praising the Lord and show everybody. Come on, just there you go. Oh, he's worthy. Come on, you got to wave like this. He's worthy. Yeah. That's what some of us be doing. We ain't, we ain't praising the Lord. We showing our jury. <laughs> okay, watch this. Watch this. A tithe is not something you give. It's something that you return. Now, is that his watch? No. And I'm not going to give it to him. <laughs> so I need you to return my watch. Thank you. Now, now, has he given anything? No. And because we give tithe, we think that the windows of heaven are supposed to open and all these blessings are supposed to pour out. But he didn't say just tithe. He said tithe and offering. See, I look at it like this. The tithe opens the window, but the offering pours it out. And you show me a person who tithes only and I'll show you a person whose their needs are only getting met. But you show me a person who's giving tithe and offering and I'll show you a person who's living in a life of overflow. I'm telling you what I know, baby. No, no, this ain't a preacher thing. This is a word thing right here. I had somebody came from Chicago. Everybody say Chicago. Two weeks ago to bring me a watch. Y'all <laughs> don't understand. I didn't even know they were bringing it. And it was a nice watch. Because I've sewn watches. I ain't asking you to give me one. I'm telling you, they're going to come anyway. I'm saying to you, you got to start with just speaking. Get your checkbook out right now. Get your checkbook out. Get your checkbook, your check card, whatever you use to access money. Get it out right now because we're going to talk to it. I know I'm out of time. We're going to talk to this thing right now. Because see, y'all done already, most of y'all done already killed the faith that's in the thing. You done created a hole. That's that coming. I don't never have enough money. Seems like payday coming. They go and I don't even have enough. I got more going in and then more coming out. I ain't going to never catch up. Well, you ain't going to catch up. You can talk, keep talking like that. Get, get it out. Get it out. 
and just look at it. And say, you may not be where I want you. But to think today, things about to change. I declare to you, more coming in, in Jesus' name. I declare to you that I have more than enough. I declare to you that I have more money in my hand than I've had in a long time. And I declare to you, I'm going to manage you right. And God's going to give me some more. I declare to you, I'm going to give God first. The windows are going to open. I'm going to give offering. And the blessings are going to pour out. And you will never be as low as you are in my life again. And I said it. And I believe it. And I receive it. And God's going to do it. In Jesus' name, somebody give him a praise offering right now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory. Father, I declare in Jesus' name, financial lack in their lives has been broken. The spirit of mammon has been broken. The stronghold of non-tithing has been broken. And I decree today that obedience will overflow in this place. And Father, you will bless us. Because we have obeyed you. We give you glory and honor and praise. And we're going to leave this place and we're going to talk our way out of this hole. We're not going to look at what we see and say it. We're going to look at what your word says and we're going to say it until we see it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, if you got blessed by the word this morning, just give the Lord a hand clap if you would.